Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We greet you once again on this beautiful summer Sunday, whether you are present with us here in the nave of Marsh Chapel or listening live on, at WBUR 90.9 FM throughout New England or over the internet at WBUR.org or listening later to the podcast at bu.edu chapel. My name is Brother Larry Whitney. I have the privilege of serving as University Chaplain for Community Life here at Marsh Chapel. I bear greetings on behalf of our Dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, as he is away in these summer months. We bear a special greeting this morning to our guest preacher, the Reverend Rebecca W. Dolch, of uh, a, a United Methodist minister in the Upper New York Conference of the United Methodist Church. Having recently retired from Forest Home Chapel in Ithaca, New York, and previously having served at St. Paul's United Methodist Church in Ithaca. Let us stand as we are able in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Almighty God, you have given your only Son to be for us a sacrifice for sin and also an example of godly life. Give us grace to receive, thankfully, the fruits of this redeeming work and to follow daily in the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. As we make communal confession this morning, we join our hearts together with the prayer of Howard Thurman entitled, To Overcome Evil. I seek the strength to overcome evil. I seek the strength to overcome the tendency to evil in my own heart. I recognize the tendency to do the unkind thing when the mood of retaliation or revenge rides high in my spirit. I recognize the tendency to make of others a means to my own ends. I recognize the tendency to yield to fear and cowardice when fearlessness and courage seem to fit easily into the pattern of my security. I seek the strength to overcome the tendency to evil in my own heart. I seek the strength to overcome the evil that is present all about me. I recognize the evil in much of the organized life about me. I recognize the evil in the will to power as found in groups, institutions, and individuals. I recognize the terrible havoc of hate and bitterness which makes for fear and panic in the common life. I seek the strength to overcome the evil that is present all about me. I seek the strength to overcome evil. I must not be overcome by evil. I seek the purification of my own heart, the purging of my own motives, I seek the strength to withstand the logic of bitterness, the terrible divisiveness of hate, the demonic triumph of the conquest of others. What I seek for myself I desire with all my heart, for friend and foe alike. I seek the strength to overcome evil. Let us seek the strength to overcome evil as the choir sings the traditional Kyrie.
Dear friends, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. Hear then a lesson from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verses 11 through 14. Surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth take its name. I pray that, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 51 with the antiphon. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. And now, beloved, rise up in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo, the reading of the gospel, and the singing of our hymn.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, appealing to him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible distress. And he said to him, I will come and cure him. The centurion answered, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only speak the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and the slave does it. When Jesus heard him, he was amazed and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, and no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and will eat with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the kingdom of heaven, while the heirs of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you according to your faith. And the servant was healed in that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated and let us be united in a prayer, a preparation that opens our hearts to hear what is called the word under the tongue, the way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us no matter what the words are. Let us pray. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew within us a right spirit. Surprise us, touch us, 
inspire us by your eternal presence and your living word. Amen. How many of you engage in conversation? Let's see a little show of hands. Yep, everybody. It's part of the fabric of human interaction and I don't know how it is with you, but over the past couple of weeks and the past months, there have been a lot of difficult conversations, a lot of people worried and angry and scared and frustrated on all sides. And this past week, the violence in Charlottesville has sparked conversation about very painful topics, about racism and anti-Semitism, about freedom of speech, about national leadership and the inherent values of our nation. Tough conversations. And Robert Brown, who's the president here of Boston University, sent a letter to the community this week, and I just want to read a section of it because I think it's so beautiful about, uh, about where our conversations are being led. He says, I believe it is a view that is broadly shared in our community that a claim of inherent racial or ethnic superiority is abhorrent. We must, I believe, he says, explicitly denounce white supremacist and neo-Nazi groups that make such claims. The obligation of our community must be to hold fast to the values that are in our Boston University DNA. And then he says this about conversation. He says, as we participate in broader conversation in our society, we should seek to set a standard of civility and generosity of spirit in our discourse that perhaps over time will be an illuminating counterpoint to the hate speech that threatens the very fabric of our republic. Conversation. I think we are all longing for more conversation at every level that moves us toward unity of purpose and a sense of being connected heart to heart as human beings on a journey to help and serve one another in this, in this beautiful planet. And so I want to read um, from Ephesians 3, which uh, uses some of the vocabulary in that beautiful prayer by uh, Howard Thurman. St. Paul asks God to strengthen us by his spirit. And then this is so beautiful. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. And then he says, I ask God that you will be able to take in the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. The breadth, the length, the depths, rise to the height, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. And so today, I want to invite us to consider three conversational topics that bring us more deeply into the fullness of God. I'm not saying that we should avoid difficult conversations of this era, but I would like to offer additional conversation topics that bring us together as human beings.
So I want to talk about um, Dr. Rachel Naomi Remen. Many of you may have heard of her. She's a pioneer in integrative medicine and relationship-centered care. She writes books. She practices medicine, teaches. And she works with helping professionals, doctors, teachers, activists, who are burned out, who feel like they've given all they can give, are tired, or annoyed, or resentful, and just don't want to do it anymore. And in her workshops and trainings, Dr. Rimmon takes participants through three questions. And these are the conversational topics we're talking about today. First one is, what positive thing surprised you today? What touched you? And what inspired you recently? All three of these questions invite us to look at the aliveness in our day, in this day, right now. And all three questions are directed at what we call the heart. In Hebrew scripture, the heart is the place where human beings connect with God and find true wisdom. And so the topics, surprised, touched, and inspired, are all topics that open up the heart. They open up that place of energy and connection and compassion and understanding. They do what the psalmist asks us to do, prays for, for God. He says, create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew, renew within us a right spirit. So I want to examine these uh, three conversational topics, starting with the first one, what surprised you? And starting uh, with a, uh, a story of when Jesus was surprised in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 8, he's in, approached by a centurion, a very high-ranking Roman military official who says, my servant is home paralyzed and racked with pain. And Jesus responds without hesitation, I will come and cure him. And the centurion says this, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. You are the great healer. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. And and one of the translations of scripture says that Jesus was astonished by this response. Really, really, really surprised. Because this, for one thing, a centurion would never say that he is unworthy. He had a power position. He could tell people to go here and go there and they would do it. He was under the reign of, he was part of the power structure of Rome. And yet he believed uh, in the power of Jesus. And so here's what Jesus said in his surprise. He said, I have never found such faith. So go home and let it be done for you according to this faith. And the servant was healed in that hour. So what does being surprised do? Surprise kind of wakes us up. A surprise almost has a gasp quality to it. And in surprise, our perception of how the world works shifts. 
and makes way for new realities that have unlimited possibilities. What surprises you, I think, is a, is a beautiful and important, heart-opening, connecting, conversational question that we can bring into our daily life. I want to tell another story about surprise, just so that we can experience surprise again. It's not in the Bible, but like many stories, it points to the gospel message. Here it goes. Some frogs were hopping through the forest, and suddenly two of the frogs fell into a very deep hole. They jumped, and they jumped, trying to get out of this almost impossible situation. And the other frogs up, up, up top looked into the hole and shouted, You should have been more careful. Just give up. Stop jumping so much. Your struggle makes us uncomfortable. Have we heard that before? One frog just lay down and died. But the other frog put forth a super frog effort and by a miracle jumped out of the hole. The observer frogs were totally shocked and they said, well, why did you continue jumping when we told you it was impossible and when you knew it made us uncomfortable? Well, the frog said, I was so far down in the hole I couldn't hear anything you said. I thought you were cheering me on. That surprise ending is, is funny, it's beautiful, and it reminds us of just how astonishing it is that something so simple as encouragement and companionship and being there for each other even when the struggle makes us uncomfortable has so much power. It is the power of what we call the divine presence. And here's the thing, folks. We are able and we are called by our faith to be transmitters of that presence in word and deed and gesture. We have that great gift to give. Let's look at the second conversation starter. What touched you today? What touched you recently? What was so beautiful or so powerful that you were humbled by it? Maybe even a tear was shed or you were opened or connected or your heart was filled up. I'm always touched by the story of Moses, 120 years old, in the wilderness, giving his final lecture to the people of Israel who would have to enter the promised land without him. I find that final lectures or sermons are so touching when people sum up years and decades of wisdom and give it to us as a parting gift. That's what Moses did in Deuteronomy when people were all nervous that he wasn't going to be able to to be their leader and to lead them into this promised land. He said, listen, the commandment, which is the commandment to love and obey God, the commandment that I lay on you this day is just not too difficult for you. It is not remote. It's not up in heaven that you have to say, oh, who's going to go to heaven to fetch it for us and then tell it to us so that we can keep it? He says, no, it is a thing that is very near to you. 
It is on your lips. And it is in your own heart so that you can do it. That story of Moses' last lecture, I think, touches a, a deeply vulnerable place in us where we feel like that we can't go on or we can't recover from loss or we can't turn around our country, our world, our planet, or even our own bad habits. Moses is saying to the gathered people, God has given you everything you need to move forward toward the promise. That's God's covenant. But we have to remember that Moses said this to the gathered tribes, not just to one person. He laid this on the whole community. The story, I believe, is touching because it touches a place in each of us that is afraid. And the story speaks to the fear. And it says, as a community, you have everything you need to create and enter a promised land. I'm going to tell another story that I find very touching, this time from the Islamic faith tradition. It's been a very difficult year for the Muslim community in our country and in many parts of the world. So I want to honor this tradition by telling one of the, their ancient stories that always warms my heart. I find it very touching. Here's a story. Shwaib received this magnificent horse from his brother as a gift. And the next day he came out of his house and he saw a street urchin walking around this beautiful horse and admiring it. And the ragged boy said, is this your horse, sir? Shwaib nodded and said, oh yes, uh, my brother gave it to me. The boy was astounded. He said, you mean your brother gave it to you and it didn't cost you nothing? Boy, I wish. Well, Shwaib knew what he was going to wish for. The street boy was going to wish that he had a brother like that. But instead, the boy said, I wish I could be a brother like that. What touches you? I believe that we are touched by acts of selflessness. We are all longing to be lifted more out of ourselves, out of our egos that want more and more, the ego that constantly compares ourselves and everybody else to everything and everyone and labels things as good, bad, less than, more than. Because it's exhausting to live racing around in a pool of self-absorption or even self-loathing, which is simply the other side of the coin. We long to be surprised, touched, inspired to higher ideals, authentic relationships, deeper healing. What surprised you? What touched you? These conversations put us in touch with the energy of love, the energy of the heart. And Dr. Remen's third heart-opening question for us is this. 
What inspired you? The word inspiration is from the same root word as spirit and breath and life. Inspiration implies that our spirit is alive and breathing and awake. Inspiration opens us up to the divine life force that's always everywhere around us and within us. I find this an inspiring story to share. A family took care of a 96-year-old mom in their home. She was dying of weariness and Alzheimer's complications and an inability to swallow. It was a long and arduous journey. It was very precious, but it was very smelly and not fun. The family wanted to be there for her and with her, but they were wearing down. And one day, her son came across an article about how Japanese tea bowls or teacups are repaired. It's called the Kintsugi Method. And it's the Japanese art of fixing broken pottery with lacquer mixed with powdered gold. Basically, you fill the cracks and chips with gold. The bowl is not thrown away, but it becomes more beautiful because of the events in its life that occurred as it served. The cracks are honored rather than disparaged. The image of this old bowl with its cracks and fragility, honored with gold, inspired the sun It just inspired him, and it it reawakened his desire to serve his mom and to serve in, in love and patience in the face of the great challenge of taking care of a dying and noncommunicative elder. What surprised you? What touches you? What inspires you? These questions take us to the place of the heart. This place where God is able to speak to us. God is able to energize our spirits and motivate us to move forward and create a world that benefits all of God's creation. I close with St. Paul's hopeful words to the Ephesians and to us. Take his words as words directly to you. He says, God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine, more than you can guess, and more than you can request in your wildest dreams. God does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. God's Spirit deeply, gently within us. Surprising, touching, inspiring. That is the good news of the gospel.
And I invite you to, to take these questions, these topics, into our world so that we can bring these three golden elements to honor and encourage a chipped and cracked world that needs them so much so that we can see the beauty and the honor in difficult service. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we come to a time in our service to lift our prayers to God as individuals and as a community, I invite you to assume an attitude and posture for prayer, whether remaining seated, standing, or coming to kneel at the altar rail, as our choir leads us in our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Father of mankind, forgive our foolish ways. Reclothe us in our rightful mind, and purer lives thy service find in deeper reverence, praise. We call on you, God, this morning in need of your forgiveness. Sometimes we lose ourselves in ourselves and fall into hate, violence, selfishness, lust, pride, anger, greed, inaction, and despair. O merciful one, we ask for the grace to find ourselves in you. In simple trust, like theirs who heard, beside the Syrian sea, the gracious calling of the Lord, let us, like them, without a word, Rise up and follow thee. We call on you, Jesus, this morning, in need of your courage. Sometimes we think we hear your call, but in the din of life, with the pressures from work, school, family, and society, we hesitate to respond. O God, our sure foundation, guide us along the path that you ask us to walk. O Sabbath rest by Galilee, O calm of hills above, where Jesus knelt to share with thee the silence of eternity, 
interpreted by love. We call on you, Holy Spirit, this morning in need of your renewal. We are tired, tired of being tired, in need of rest, pause, space, and breath. In an overworked and overwrought culture, it is so difficult to find quiet. O Comforter, still our hearts and minds so that we may find a few moments of silence to meditate on your eternity. Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our strivings cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace. Jesus, we call upon you this morning in need of your peace. Amidst the chaos of our world, from violence and hate at home in America, including our own city of Boston, and abroad in Barcelona and Turku, to suffering in places our neighbors call home, including Sierra Leone, Venezuela, and those communities whose suffering has not yet reached our ears. Author of peace, may our lives be a testimony to your desire that your peace, which passes human understanding, be written upon all human hearts. Breathe through the heats of our desire, thy coolness and thy balm. Let sense be dumb, let flesh retire. Speak through the earthquake, wind, and fire. O still, small voice of calm. Holy Spirit, we call upon you this morning in need of your voice. We bring to the altar our own needs and desires, the illnesses, losses, griefs which weigh upon us, the hopes, joys, and expectations that buoy us, and all those unspoken prayers that spring from our hearts breath of life as we lay these things before you speak to us in that still small voice and God when our own hymns and our own words run dry we are so grateful that your son has given us words with which we can pray to you our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
peace of the Lord be always with you. We welcome you once again here to the nave of Marsh Chapel to our service of word and song and prayer and sermon, our service of liturgy and love. We invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. We do encourage you to read the full statement from Boston University President Robert A. Brown on the events that took place last weekend in Charlottesville, Virginia, printed in full in your bulletin and available on the web, and to meditate upon that and to be in conversation about it throughout the coming week. As summer begins to turn, we are looking forward to welcoming new and returning students over the next few weeks here at Boston University. All of our first week events here at Marsh Chapel are available on the chapel website. We particularly encourage the Marsh Chapel congregation and chapter to join us on Thursday, September 7th, out on the BU Beach from 4.30 to 6 p.m. for a Marsh Chapel garden party with light fair and drinks and lawn games and fellowship. More information about that event and all of our first week events is available on the chapel website at bu.edu chapel along with the opportunity for online giving. As the ushers wait upon us for our morning offering, we invite you to meditate upon Thomas Luis de Victoria's setting of Quam Pucri Sunt. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
God, your wisdom is beyond our understanding. Bless these gifts and those giving them, that they and we may serve you in the world. We pray these things, knowing that the power of your work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. Amen.
let us go forth into this beautiful world with an openness to being surprised and touched and inspired because in doing so our hearts open and God is more able to strengthen us by God's spirit not a brute spirit says the scripture but a glorious inner spirit go in that spirit amen